Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, Bethesda Church. How are you guys? You all are so fun. So if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I have the awesome honor of serving as small groups pastor and I'm student pastor and other stuff <laughs> that I do that I don't even know that I do. But here we go. But so I truly say it's an honor to get to, get to do this. It's an honor that you're here. And so today, though... Um, I feel like after last service, I got to kind of give a little caveat. It was heavy last service, but it was a good heavy. So, so kind of buckle up. I want to, I want to share that with you. Kind of buckle up. But before we jump too far into it, I have to take a second and celebrate last week because last week we had people come in here that. Um, that just needed healing, and they experienced it. It was super cool. I got to pray with a, a gentleman that um, was like came in, couldn't see, and so while we were praying, he took his glasses off, could see all the way across the room. Biggest smile of joy on his face. Man, it's so cool. There's people with Parkinson's disease healed, people taking out hearing aids, and, and people who couldn't literally walk in here who walked out of our two front doors. So that is... The Bible, right? Can we give it up? Come on. You can do better than that. If you're going to clap. If it was your healing, you'd clap, right? If it was your child, yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's take a second. And I truly never want, the, want this to become normal. Like, well, it's just church, right? That's miraculous. It's so cool to sit back and watch what God is doing in our church. And so we're so honored. So, but I have a question. So, to kind of jumpstart my message, I have to ask: Have you have you all ever been stuck? Like, and whenever I say stuck, like um, you have no idea how to fix it. You have no idea where to go, where to turn to fix the mess you created. Is, is that you? Raise your hand. Participate. There you go. I can't see you anyway. But that's cool. Thank you for raising your hand. So, if that's you, then this is this message is for you. I encourage you to find your notes section on your phone. Pull out a pen, paper, whatever you got to do, because today is for you. And and today I'm I'm actually going to be crazy transparent, extremely transparent with you, which I normally am. But because I was stuck for a really long time, and what would happen is I would I was stuck, and I knew I was stuck. And I went through seasons where I thought that I wasn't stuck any longer, but I really was stuck. Right. So it was like this perpetual. Um, cycle that I continue to go through my entire life. And so today I have some scripture that I want to share and we're going to kind of unpack this for you. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 11. We're going to talk about Terah and starting in verse 27. A lot of people Um, you know, after second service, I was like, I've never read that section in Scripture. So it's not a very familiar Scripture passage, I guess, but but we're going to unpack it here. So it says, this is the account of Terah's family line. 
Terah became the father of Abram. Now, Abram eventually became Abraham. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Abraham had many sons. Yeah, that Abraham. So, Nahorn and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans. Everybody say Ur. Do y'all ever wonder why they named the stuff that they name in the Bible Ur? Like, do you ever imagine, like I imagine this beautiful, lush, tropical place, and then they called it Ur. <laughs> do y'all do that? Like, no, just me when I read the Bible. I, I have those questions. Welcome to my brain, because that's what happens when I read the Bible. But we're, he was in Ur of the Chaldeans. And so, this was the land of his birth. Verse 29 says, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Mika. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Mika and Ishka. Now, Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Verse 31 says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. All right, so let's go to work. So Terah was the father of Abraham, and he had two other sons named Nahor and Haran. Now the Bible tells us that a tragedy happened that kind of left Terah stuck. It left him with some, some pain in his life that he kind of couldn't get past. We know this because Genesis eleven twenty eight says, And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, Haran, you know, had his last listed son, died before him. And which that must, before we move on, like today as I share this, I, I'm no stranger to grief. Like, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later in my messages. I'm transparent and share some things. But I feel like when you lose a child, it's a different level. Uh, uh, it's a different level of pain. And so when I talk about this today, I'm, I'm, I bring it with all the sincerity that I can and the respect because that, that is a, a deep-seated pain. But um, the part of the Scripture that uh, it, it, it's just, just so odd to me but so cool at the same time that the Scripture specifically stated how painful this was for Terah. And this left a deep-seated pain that he somewhat couldn't get past. And so verse 31 tells us, that Terah later took Abraham and Lot, Haran's son with Abraham's wife, to begin the journey from Ur of the Chaldeans to Canaan. So he kind of called him, right? He gave him a, a mission. He gave him a calling, which was to go to the land of Canaan. And now in this, we see that most uh, theologians, people who study the Bible a lot and are really, really smart, they speculate that um, what Abraham accomplished was originally for Terah, right? So it was supposed to be Father Terah had many sons, right? But it's really Father Abraham, right? I think God made the right decisions, don't you? Father Abraham has a much better tune. Father Abraham, you all are, you all have, smile. <laughs> Show teeth, it's fine. We can make a joke. It's, it's fine, right? But so Terah, most theologians thought that Terah was supposed to, to take care of this, but it ended up he got stuck. And so that's kind of what we're going to unpack today. And in verse 32, it tells us that Terah died 
in Haran. So he got stuck without making it to Canaan. He probably got to a place that was named after his deceased son and couldn't move forward. The pain of losing his son the, the, and being in the same place named after him, his son, that reminder caused him to just stop, to get stuck, to stop moving forward in what God had for him, to kind of stop moving forward with his life. Has anybody ever been there, like just to the point that you're just, you're stuck? And see, there are circumstances in life that leave such a scar on their life that, that it is hard to move past. I want to respect that. And I do, but sadly, we, we can't stay stuck. We can't stay in our Haran, right? So some people have their Haran in childhood. Some of us, it's their relationship. Some of it, it's, it's, you know, the loss of a career or what you thought it would be. Some of it's marriages that fail. Whatever your Haran is, the Lord wants to heal the place of Haran in your life, the place where you got stuck. But in order to do that, we kind of got to be self-aware enough to figure out what that is. So I have a couple of questions for you today that I really want, hope that this week that you'll actually sit in. That it won't just be something that you pass off and, and move on and just be like, well, we survived Pastor Jeremy. We get Chad back next week, right? <laughs> Not that. I, I really hope that you'll sit. And trust me, I know he's a phenomenal speaker. I've lived all over the world. We are blessed with Pastor Chad. Amen. He's good at what he does. But here's, here's what I want you to do. The question I have for you to is, what is your Haran? Like, where did you get stuck? And I don't want you to be just like, well, this happened and I stopped. Like, what is it that's that deep-seated pain? Like, I need you to feel what Tara felt. I know this is heavy today. It almost felt like a funeral at 9 a.m. And it wasn't my purpose, but sometimes I think heaviness is okay. Sometimes we got to be, we got to sit in it. We got we to gotta get through it. And so what, what's the, the place that you got stuck that you can't seem to move past emotionally, mentally, even with your will, do you know, because sometimes we can will to do something, but we just can't get there because we're stuck. And so I, as I thought about this last month, um, well, actually a, a couple of months ago at Freedom Night. Well, first I got to stop. Let me tell you all about Freedom Night. You need to get to Freedom Night. Amen. But here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. You should clap for that. Freedom Night is awesome. Like, we celebrate people getting free. But here's what I'm going to kind of challenge you with. I don't care what you have to cancel, who you have to let down, what ball game, kids' ball game, you have to, you have to not go through to get here. But you need to prioritize getting here. Amen. Little Johnny's not that good at t-ball or whatever sport's going on. He's really not. The odds of him going pro, less than 1%. He's not that good, boo. All right? But here's what I think. It blows my mind that us as Christians, we get to the place that we'll prioritize that over versus coming to church and getting free because little Billy or little Johnny's going to remember that you don't yell anymore and you're not angry, right? Versus I scored four points at the T-ball championship. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm going to challenge you, and yes, I mean to poke at you because I, we got to get some people free. We got to get some people in the game and change. Like the world's gone crazy, there's a war going on, and we just want to kind of sit back. And so I'm challenging you today to get to Freedom Night, because it's amazing. But anyway, last month when I had, I experienced Freedom Night, 
Um, because of all the stuff that has been going on here at the church, all the us casting up demons and, and doing all the really cool stuff, people getting healed, it kind of illuminated some generational curses that were in effect and going on happening in my own life. And so it kind of took me on a journey of, of studying them and, and figuring out what's going on. Because here's the deal. I was born into crazy. I was. You can chuckle. I'm, I'm self-aware. I've got this. <laughs> it, but it was. I, was. I was born into some crazy. And I do say that with all due respect. Because the Holy Spirit, as I've told my story and shared my story, Jesus talked in parables. So I feel like we're supposed to tell our story, right? He gave us a testimony for a reason for you to tell your story. And so... As I've shared it in the past, it's not always been with the purest of hearts. And the Holy Spirit has kind of checked me on that. And so he reminded me of the scripture, Ephesians 6, 2 through 3. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Right? So after I read that and the Holy Spirit kind of poked me, I was like, I really want to live a long life. I got a lot of stuff to do. And I really want to be super blessed. So I'm going to honor that. So when I talk about this today, I, I do mean it with all the respect that I can. But my family was crazy. They were. And so I don't mean just a little bit crazy. I mean like Ouija board crazy, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was a thing in my house. My dad got into psychics and um, got into kind of some witchcraft stuff, and they cursed him. So what would happen is they would send him jewelry. That's why, like, I'm very particular about jewelry that comes into my house. People think, oh, you're just uber spiritual. No, I've lived it, boo, and I know what it does. So before it comes in my house, we're going to pray over it, and if I get a weird feeling, it ain't coming in my house, right? And so they would send him little Buddha things that he would rub the belly to get money, and he bought this. Crazy. I know. Right? But I can say that now with love. And so all this stuff was happening. They'd write him letters. So I don't know what he did. <laughs> I can only imagine what he did because my father is not a very nice gentleman. But he, um, he ticked one of them off. So they cursed him. And they said, you're going to have a car accident on a certain day of every month. And guess what happened? He was in a car accident on that day every single month, even to the point that the school system knew that I would be leaving that day and they would have my homework and stuff ready. Like, here, Wendy, Rex, here's your stuff. Like, that was normal. That's not normal, guys, but that was my childhood. That was my life. So what happened was he was a very, very stubborn human, but my mom finally talked him into, like, why don't you just stay home? Right? Like, we're smart people. Smart people stay home if you have a car accident on the same day of every day, right? Everybody smile at me, shake your head. Doesn't matter, I can't see you. But that's what smart people would do, right? So he decided, I'm going to stay home. Someone wrecked, went through a chain link fence, and hit the Joker's truck in a driveway. Yes. And people's over here like, I don't believe in that demonic stuff. They don't care if you believe in them. They still going to do what they do, Right? There you go. It's still a thing, whether you believe in it or not. And so he was into all kinds of, of stuff. Like, it was insane. I'm going to try to keep this PG-13, but I'm going to be transparent. Pornography was normal. 
like my birds and bees talk, was a video that left me with more questions than it answered. Like, why are there so many people there? So you can laugh. For the longest time, I was, nerd, I was like, oh, my God, there's like 17 and a half people. Why? Like, it, and we chuckle, but that's not normal, but that was my childhood. So I say that to you to say, like, there is no... No wonder that I had generational curses going on in my life. But some more of them. My sister was murdered. And when I say murdered, like she just was accidentally killed. Like horror movie murdered. Like serial killer level murdered. And so that's the, the generational curse of premature death. Um, Another curse that can take place is if you have sickness that you cannot get a diagnosis for. My younger daughter, her entire childhood, had a situation going on, and we lived in Chicago, so world-renowned doctors, and they never could get, a, get us a, a diagnosis. There was nothing. They're like, we don't know why this happens to her. She'll probably grow out of it. That'll be X amount of dollars, <laughs> right? And I'm married to a doctor. I was mad as hell. I was like, I'm paying you to tell me nothing. I knew going in, she might eventually grow out of it, right? But the thing with this is like, there is no diagnosis that left you stuck and frustrated. And while all this was going on, I just felt stuck. I'd gotten kind of in a place where ministry is just a job. It was a career. Like, yes, I love Jesus, but it was like, it was just what I did, right? There wasn't a passion anymore. There wasn't that, like, let's go win the loss. It was, yeah, they're going to come in on Sunday, and, and we're going to do our thing and move on. It was just stuck. And so with that mindset and going on, I had some insane experiences in the church world, like, Kind of the enemy came in and twisted it into church hurt and, and all that. And so I, I kind of get frustrated with church hurt because I feel like it is the biggest device the enemy uses to keep people bound up, angry, not attending church, stuck, and unable to get set free. I do. Now, I know that there's some people who have went through crazy stuff in the church. And if someone's hurt you or all that, like what I'm about to say, I, I want you to know with respect that I, I truly mean it. But there comes a point when you have to forgive. You have to move on. You have to get over it. You do. You have to. And, and sometimes you have to go and serve that person. Just as Jesus did. I remind you, he washed Judas's feet, fully knowing what he was going to do to him. So it's hard, but forgiveness is not for you. Not for them, it's for you. It's not for them. You're not doing it, well, they, they don't deserve. They don't, but you do. Because unforgiveness is going to keep you bound up. Amen? All right, I'll get off that soapbox. But I was stuck. I, I was stuck in this place, and it was dry, and it hurt. And then I looked up. I thought, I'm going to look up the meaning of Haran. Haran means parched or dry. Of course it does, right? And so as I, I'm kind of studying this out, the, the Holy Spirit reminded me that sometimes the dry places are to act as a gauge to let you know where you are. To let you know where you are spiritually. It's not just, oh, I wish God would move. We'll, we'll get to him, right? Like sometimes you can push and you can push, but it still feels dry. And you can't understand it. Maybe it's a gauge. Maybe it's him trying to poke to go a little bit deeper than just surface level. I know this stuff is heavy today, but, but I, I need us to get it. I need us to understand what's going on. 
Because once I experienced deliverance uh, of someone else, it took me on this journey of studying and understanding genera- generational curses. I got, I got to a place that, like, I had to be free. I, I was tired of being parched. I was tired of hurting. I was tired of, of being stuck. And I, I, had, I had to get free. Does that make sense? So I need you all to understand that, that, that this is not... This is not for the faint of heart. It wasn't, it's something that you have to want, you have to desire. And so um, when we got to that freedom night, not last freedom night, it was the one before that, that I kind of found my freedom. If you would have told me that I had to get up here on the stage in my underwear with the microphone and tell you all of my sins, I would have done it to be free. That's how desperate I was. Now, nobody would have ever come back to church because, trust me, you don't want to see this good stuff. It's not pretty, right? You do not. But I've learned... I've learned that freedom's messy. It's not this pretty little thing. It's, it's, it's messy. It's ugly. But... It has to be, it, it has to happen. What I'm trying to communicate with you is my desperation. It was, it was that deep. It was like, I have to get, I have to get to this blessing. I have to get rid of this. But if you are taking notes, and you should, because people who take notes get bigger mansions in heaven, I have a few points for you to write this down. They really do. It's in there. The, the first one I want you to write down is, um, Get out of your own way. That sounds so simple, but it is so profound. Get out of your own way. See, I was worried about what people think. I was like, I'm a pastor, for God's sake. Been a pastor for a really long time. Like, they're going to think this. They're going to think that. Stop. Just stop. Because guess what? We're not thinking about you. Right? That's a lie that he doesn't think. Well, bless God, everybody thinks this about me. We don't care. We got enough of our own junk to take care of, right? We don't have time to worry about yours. It's just a lie that the enemy uses to, to kind of keep us bound up. But I need you to get to the place that you are so over what people think, and your only concern is to get free and get to that blessing. Amen? Because it's it, it is so. When I experienced freedom that night at uh, Freedom Night, I honestly felt like I could breathe for the first time in forty years. It was like this deep breath that I'd never taken uh, ever, like ever in forty years. I know, gasp! I'm forty. I don't look a day over twenty-five. I know, but here we are, right? <laughs> Smile, guys. You all are a terrible audience. You are. Just so you know, y'all are just like, like <laughs> I can see a few of you. But like, honestly, it was, it was like this, this something that I'd never experienced. And I've done this for a long time. It was like a deep breath that, that I've never experienced. It was like a renewing. And so why I, I told you this is because, remember, I was, I was born into crazy. I was born into to stuff that happened to me. I had situations that I did not ask for. They were pushed on me, right? And some of you may be here, well, you don't understand my Haran. I didn't ask for it. It was pushed on me. Yeah, mine was too. I have tons of trauma that I would never say into a microphone in front of an audience. I have tons of stuff that happened to me that was pushed on me and asked for, but I had to deal with, right? And so the thing of it is, is that even though this is heavy, it's, we, have, 
we have to take care of it. We have to unpack it because you, I love you enough to not leave you where you are. And so whenever I was young, I was 10 years old, my, my mom died. And I was 10. And then my dad and I hated each other. Like we loathed each other. Again, I say it with respect because I want the blessing. We did not care for each other's presence. And so um, later on, my sister was murdered, which was insane. And my second year of college, my uh, brother passed away. Just complications to diabetes my second year of college. So I tell you, like, I'm no stranger to grief. I am not. We are intimately acquainted. But the thing of this is that it can get you to a place that you're stuck, but you can't stay there. It's not an option to stay there. But again, I didn't ask for it. Do you want the truth? I was ticked off for a really long time. In fact, (laughs) I had counselors that said that I was like going to be a serial killer and everything else. Literally, that's what they wrote on the form because I was so angry that my mom died when I was 10 and left me with that thing. That's how I described it. And I mean it with respect because I was just mad. Like what kind of God would take away my mom, right? At 10 years old, I was angry. And so that was pushed on me. I didn't ask for it. So I was at a place where I was Tara, and that was my Haran. And so some of us, right, make mistakes, and we kind of create our own Haran. And some of us, I've definitely created some Harans. Raise raise your hand if you're with me, my people that goof up. But there's also some that were pushed on me. And so as we unpack this today, I need you to understand that, that we can't stay there. Like, Haran was called to do some pretty big stuff. Or, or, I'm sorry, Tara was called to do some pretty big stuff, but Haran caused him to just stop his journey, and he couldn't move forward because he lived in a place that was named after his dead son. So, Tara had abandoned the call that God had given him, which was to go to the land of Ur, to, or go to Can, uh, Canaan from the land of Ur. And so, the call was still there. And you say, how do you know the call is still there? Because he called Abraham to do it. Like it still needed to be done. And so I come to tell you today that the call is without repentance, right? The thing that God wants you to do, it doesn't go away. It will continue to chase you. And if you don't accomplish it, God's work will get accomplished, even if it's through somebody else. Amen? But here's what I want. There's a war going on, and I need you to get in the game. Right? Because here's what's happened. The whole world has lost their ever-loving mind. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, Satan and his enemy is going, they're not even hiding their stuff anymore. But we have the Christians. We're sitting over here just in our comfy, huge sanctuaries with their rock star lights and all that. And I love this. Trust me. I I helped build it. I found I helped. I was, love this. I love comfort. I don't camp. You people that camp, you're insane. You need help. Like my roughing it is like they forgot the little towel animals and a mint on the pillow. That is roughing it. That's terrible when they do that. But that's my kind of roughing it. You all crazy. But there's a war going on, and we got to get over our comfort, right? We sit back, well, I read the back of the book. I do too. We do win, but you got to get in the game, right? You got to get in the war. Because here's what's happening. 
Here's what's happening. The enemy keeps taking territory and more territory because that's what happens in a war, right? And as Christians, we're just back here. Well, we're just going to pray. There comes a time to pray, but there's also a time to go in and flip over some tables. Jesus did it, right? So I need you all to get free so you can go check over some tables, right? Let's take back some territory because I promise you the world is only going to get worse and our kids are going to suffer. So we have to get, we, this, you can't stay stuck. This is not, you can't, you can't. And so here's what happens. Haran wasn't, Haran was supposed to be a pit stop. It's supposed to be a place to stop for a minute, not a settlement. Terah decided to settle. He made a decision. It was supposed to be a pit stop. It was supposed to be a place for him to get healed of some stuff, right? Because I've often learned, one, like I used to be in the healthcare field and being made to doctors, sometimes we have to expose a wound, cut it open and go down to debris it, right? To get rid of all the junk so that tissue can heal from the outside in, right? All my medical people are like, yes. All my other people are like throwing up in the seat back pocket in front of them, right? But that's what happens when we debris things. We have to do it so it can be healed right. And that's what God's wanting to do is go to the deep parts of us and heal our mind, our will, our emotions so that we can move forward in freedom and get some people healed. Amen. So don't make it permanent. Tara did. He decided to settle, and he settled in his pain for 60 years. 60 years. That's sad to me. Mine was 40, but <laughs> so I'm not casting stones, but 60 years is insane. Number two, you guys ready? Get your, get your writing utensil. Is it wrong or just not wise? So my biggest fear, personally, is not living up to my fullest potential. Like, it really is. Like, I'm constantly trying to get some type of credential, letters after my name. I'm reading some book. I'm taking some class. My family will not let me go to law school. Rude, right? I know. I keep going, and they're like, you're not going to law school until after kids are out of school. And then it's like, you probably won't go then. I'm like... I'll be old, like we need to do this now. Now's the time. And they're like, no. But I'm constantly trying to get better, right, and progress and move forward. And so with that being said, I don't believe that I would have went to hell if I would have died before I found my freedom. I don't. I just don't think it was wise for me to stay stuck after I figured out about freedom. And so I have a scripture for you to back it up. Because we can't stay stuck. James 4, 17 says, For those who know to do good and do not do it, it is sin. So congratulations from this point forward. If you don't find freedom, it's sin, right? Because now you know. I'm kidding. Y'all are terrible. You won't even smile. Not even a, a chuckle. Just like a, you, I feel sorry for him. Let's chuckle. But after I experienced this freedom, I couldn't help but tell other people. Like, it was like something switched to me. It was this urgency that, like, I felt like I couldn't leave people where they were. Even to the fact that, like, I called family, uh, you know, the ones that are still living. <laughs> and, I, and I shared this. I was like, you, you have to understand this. Like, I called Ashley's family. And we even had a family meeting about because I'm like, as I've seen all this stuff at work, I'm like, you, you can't stay there. Like, this ain't cool anymore. You got you. You gotta, you gotta move forward, and so it's something that that I can't explain. That like it's an urgency that we have to move forward. We have to gain this ground back, and so 
It's something that, that is, <laughs> that because we started doing this, other people started talking about us, right? Other churches. And you know what I found about our awesome little town? Is you can't toot that it's not on the western end before the smell leaves your pants. <laughs> yes, that's a thing about this wonderful place that we call home. And here's what I got to Stop! Gossip is a sin, right? Like, good Lord. Y'all are terrible. It's like, oh, what's the tea? You got time to hear the tea and dish it out. You need to come see me. We got outreach. We got stuff to do. I will keep you so busy you ain't got time for the gossip, right? Like, good Lord, stop. But anyway, so other churches were, were gossiping about us, right? They were like, well, Bethesda, they're down there casting out demons. Down there trying to get people healed. You know the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was somewhere and, and somebody didn't know who it was, so they were just going at it. And I was like, what? You mean they're doing stuff like in the Bible? I read that in the Bible. And they were like, I know. And I'm like, it's the Bible. <laughs> they didn't know I was a pastor here. That was an awkward conversation when I told them, hey, I'm Pastor Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors at Bethesda. They're all, it was awesome because I love to make it awkward. I'm the most awkward human in the world, and I sit in it and love it. But here we are. So that was awkward. But it's a thing. Like, they're sitting here gossiping about it. And you know what? Later, I laughed and I chuckled. But then my heart broke. It did because I'm like, you're willing to let your people stay bound up hurt, frustrated, stuck, tormented, tormented, like literally tormented, that they don't, that you don't love them enough to get them free, shame on you. And I will say that to, to any church, like shame on you and, and, and shame on us because we have to do this, right? People need this. This is the gospel. And so the, with that being said, don't entertain their gossip, right? There you go. If you got nothing else, there's that one. Number three, you ready? When you don't stop and you don't settle, you will be blessed. When all this was going on, it, I, I kind of got to the place that it was like I was looking, it was like I was looking at a movie playing out that was my life, and I'm like, okay, the Bible says this, but that's not happening over here. And then, then I was sitting here like, then we'd have Curry Blake come in. Right, and he's like, "This is law and authority. the The Bible says this, and Jesus died, so you have a right to healing. You have a right to this." And then we started casting out demons. And so, I'm just going to be honest. I mean this totally respectfully. Like I've been around this thing 20 years. It's not my. I've seen it quite a bit. They've always like kissed and growled all that. But then they started. They they had conversations, and that's when. It, it hit me. That's when it was law. It was like, well, I can do this because of this and all that. And so it hit my brain like, hey, that's the same principle. These are principles, guys. It's like a courtroom, right? Sometimes when we cast out demons with people, it's, we're, we're having conversations. It's like a courtroom of them saying, well, I have a right. You have a right to be free and healed and set free and the abundant life that God called you to. Do you understand that? Then why are we still living broke down, busted, and disgusted? Like, well, I just ain't got no money. Last time I checked, the Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He ain't broke, boo. 
Like, we have all access, but we let the spirit of poverty that is all over West Virginia dictate what we can and we can't have. Why? Because we feel like we don't deserve it. I came today to tell you, you deserve to have the most abundant and amazing life that God could ever give you. Why? Because you're his favorite child. Amen? You should clap and celebrate that. There you go. Now, I'm not a, you know, prosperity gospel preacher or any of that. But if it says I can have it, I'm going to figure out how to get it. If he says I can have healing, I'm going to get it because I have a right to it. Amen. It's just like I bought my daughter a car, right? She has a right to drive it as much as I want her to. And if I get ticked off at her, I can take the keys because I make the payment, right? We have that idea with God, but I love her so much, I usually don't. Why? Because then I would have to drive her around, and that's punishment for me. <laughs> right? It's a thing. So I'm like, take the car. I don't care. Just drive. Be free. And so that's how God did. He's like, drive. Be free. He even said, lo, I give you the keys to the kingdom. It's any scripture. Amen? So, all right. The scripture. Let's close this down. Because they're behind me with pianos and stuff. So when you don't stop and you don't settle, you will be blessed. And the scripture, Genesis 12, 1-4, it says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Abraham had a choice. He did. If you remember the story, it was his brother that died. His father died, and he also lived in the land named after his dead brother. It was the same circumstances, just a different response. Amen. He could have settled in the generational curse of his father. He could have gotten stuck. But the good news is, is that if we're open to it, the Lord will allow, allow us to be healed even if we're responsible for the Haran in their life, even if we're the cause of it, he will still come in and heal us. He will still bring us out of that place into a thriving relationship with him because that's how good he is. Because here's what I need you to understand. You should write this down, tweet it, put it on Facebook. I don't care what you do, just remember it. Freedom is a choice. It's a choice. I had a choice to make. I could stay there and be like, well, we're just going to continue on because I'm a pastor and I'm afraid of what they think and blah, 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 blah. Or I could say, you know what? I don't care if I have to get up on the stage in my underwear. I'm going to get free. I'm going to seek it. I don't care how many dry spots I have to do. I don't care if I have to go get prayed for 712 times. If you read the Bible, yeah. clap for that. That's, a, that's where you have to get to. It cracks me up because, like, sometimes I'm, 
I'm a stubborn human. I get that from my dad, if you remember the story. I know where it comes from. But it's like, I'll be like, well, I've went and prayed for it three times, so I, it hasn't happened. And then God rem- reminds me of stories like, do you remember when I told the dude to like put spit and put it and then go dip seven times? You only on three, boo. And I'm over here like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what we do. We think, well, I've already done this. I don't care if you have to go get dipped 17 and a half times. Do whatever you have to do to find your freedom. Amen? Like you have to get to that place. Here's why. Free people, free people. You can't give somebody something you don't have. And right now, we have a lost and hurting world. We have a crazy, crazy society that we can't leave them where they are. Why? Because we have the truth. And the last time I read the Bible, (laughs) the Great Commission still a thing, right? And so we have to go out and free them because you got something they don't have. And so I encourage you. I implore you, I beg you, whatever I have to say to you, it's time. It's time to go. If anything, just seek after the blessing for yourself. That's how I did it. It was like, I just got to be blessed. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the generational curses in my life. One of them was financial. We've, we've had very good jobs and made a lot of money, but, and, and that's all great, and it's not a brag moment, but it was like there was never enough. And I even had people who loved Jesus and said, I think you have a hole in your money bag. They're like, it, it, it's, it's insane, the amount of money that you, you guys make, and it's like there's never enough. Like, what is going on? It's a generational curse. Like, let's be honest, I didn't tell the first service this, I have a 15-year-old daughter. My wife and I wanted more children. We didn't do anything to not have children. That's infertility. And in fact, the number one way to know that you have generational curses is infertility. After I started researching this. Pray, right? Like he can fix it. Like there's nothing that he can't do. You say, why'd you tell me this? Because one is after I found this new level of freedom, this I'm on like a spiritual level that I've not been on. Like I used to hate preaching. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I am the business dude. I like love business. I have a business brain. And so I work. So that's what I feel like God's called me to do in the church world. I've I've been an executive. I've been like I love to help people launch businesses. I I get excited. I'm passionate about. And so that's my calling. But since I got healed, like I, I can't wait to like it's I have this new passion for preaching. I have this new thing of like all this stuff that I used to struggle with I hated and then I thought I'm going to pray about some stuff so after we got pray, I got free and I started praying I started praying God eradicate my debt all of it my wife went to medical school it's pretty expensive and so she was in this program that if she was a doctor in a certain area for 10 years then they would forgive your loans well the government kept putting it off putting it off we had to apply deny apply deny apply deny i just got ticked off at it. i was like no i'm done i started praying and we got two hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars forgiven yes that's a lot of money. I sleep way better. Y'all smile at me. I do. I can sleep way better at night. And we say that's funny, but then businesses started getting blessed. Stuff just started coming. That's opportunity. Just like come knocking at the door. Why, did I, why am I telling you? It's not a brag. It's to tell you like God will chase you with this blessing, but you have, you have, you have to go after it. You can't settle. 
The time to be in Haran is done. It's done. You have to get out of Haran. I love you enough to tell you. I do. So here's what I want us to do. If you guys would stand with me, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Because before you can start moving in this freedom, there's some of us that might have something to take care of. Your first step towards freedom might be to just get in the game, to accept Jesus, right? And so today, today I want to give you that opportunity. If you would, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and here's why. I don't want anybody to use the excuse, well, they'll see me. They'll notice me. Nobody's looking around. We have a compass team that's in the back. They're going to be looking because they're going to give you some information, help you move to your next step, to help you find some more freedom. Amen. So if you're here today, and you say, man, I, I need freedom. I need this, this first step to move towards it. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie to you. Until, like, Jesus can come in and he walks with you through everything. But it's not a magic pill that tomorrow, eh, all your problems going to go away. It's going to be sunshine and daisies and all that. Like, you're just getting in the game. You're like putting on the war boots, right? You're jumping in. But I promise you, it's the best decision you can ever make because he comes in and he'll take any situation. And as long as you're willing to give him the ashes, he'll turn it to beauty. Amen? Because he is so good. So if that's you and you say, I want to accept this Jesus, all I'm going to ask you to do, I'm not going to embarrass you, just simply raise your hand and leave it up high for just a few seconds. If you're online and that's you, do we have a chat moderator? If you would just write in there, they'll they'll pray with you, they'll help you. And for everybody else in the room, keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. I'm gonna ask your prayer team to come up front and get in place to pray. Because here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do. There are people, men and women, who are up here ready to pray with you for freedom. They're ready to stand in it. They're ready to, to believe what you believe. They're ready to come and uh, go to hell with a water gun for you to get you free. They're ready to war with you. And I encourage you that as we get ready to, to sing another worship song, and we do that on purpose because people are worshiping. They're not watching your altar situation, right? You may be walking up front, but, but we, ain't, we ain't paying attention to you. We're worshiping, right? And so I encourage you to find freedom because it's a choice. You have to move. The first step that you make, the Holy Spirit and God will be right there with you, but you can't stay stuck. You can't any longer. The excuses are gone. To those who know to do good and do not do it, it is sin. I am calling you out on it, and I'm doing it on purpose because we need you free to go free up somebody else because God's called you to reach people that I never can, that Pastor Chad and Karen can never can. There are people that only I'm called to reach that you can't, and you have to go get them, right? And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then when I walk away, we're, I'm going to. they're going to come to worship, and I need you to run to these altars. I need you to find the freedom because Tara was stuck in his pain for 60 years 60 years the time to be stuck is done it's time to move forward in freedom Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name Father, I pray that you would bless everyone under the sound of my voice. And Father God, when people go back and listen to this through podcasts and all the amazing technology, I pray that you would bless them then. Father, I pray right now that you would, that you would heal hearts. 
Go to the deep-seated root of pain and heal it from the inside out. I pray over their mind, their will, and their emotions, oh God. Freedom over them generational blessing will chase them from now on and I cast every generational curse back to the hell it came from and I lose freedom over them freedom in Jesus name your word says who the son sets free is free indeed so father God I put you in remembrance of your words that you said that anything we pray in your name is yes and amen so you said to come boldly before the throne with that in which we have need of so we're boldly coming commanding demanding asking for freedom in Jesus name now father everyone in this room I pray that they'd be world changers and history makers and champions in you that all the days of their life they would seek your face and make you known throughout all the nations in jesus mighty and powerful name we pray amen all right worship and go get free thanks for listening to this week's message from bethesda church we hope you'll stay connected by following us online you can find us on facebook twitter instagram and our website bethesdachurch.tv thank you for joining us and have a great day